Welcome to Addicted to the Climb. I am your host, Kelly Tyen. As a faith-fueled health and transformation coach, author, and breast cancer survivor, my mission is to provide you with the wisdom, the tools, and all the success tips that I've learned along my own journey in health, fitness, faith, and personal development. Plus, you'll hear some incredible and inspiring conversations that will motivate you and empower you to keep on climbing no matter what you're going through. Let's buckle up to start a brand new climb together and start showing up differently as we work our way to the top. Right now, this is your time to take in all the positivity and all the blessings that God has for you. So let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to a new and exciting week of Addicted to the Climb. I'm so excited that you're here. Today is going to be so inspiring and transformational for you because my guest that I am bringing on has just been through so many devastating things in her life, yet she still keeps climbing. And that was inspiring to me listening to her story. So I really am excited to share it with you for you to meet her. She's a real woman, just like me and you. And if she can do it, you can do it. So I'm going to jump right in and I want you to meet my guest, Shelly Hank. Shelly is a nurse turned transformation coach, certified holistic health coach, certified whole health educator, She's an artist, an author, a speaker, a trauma thriver, and founder of Finding Beautiful Whole Soul Studio. She has a passion for bringing spirituality and neurobiology together. She helps believers experience inner healing and restoration by embracing their whole story of pain and heartache so they can walk in freedom and live from their whole soul. She has a collaborative book being released in the spring called Letting Go. How exciting is that, Shelly? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being on. Well, before I begin, I always like to start with some fun questions. So yeah. I'm going to jump right in. And first one, are you a coffee or tea person? Well, that's hard. I'm both. Can I be both? Oh, wow. (laughs) It's very rare. I get people saying both. Usually people are one or the other. I love it. Um, What about favorite food? Mm, Favorite food? Mm, Sushi. Sushi. Oh, that's pretty popular. A lot of people Mm -hmm. choose sushi. Not my favorite, but I do like it, but it's not my favorite. What about your favorite book? Are you reading something specific right at the moment? Uh, One of my favorite books next to the Bible, um, which changed my life, you know, got to give, got to give props to that, Of course. but um, the best personal growth book out there. Um, But the, a a book that has really meant a lot to me is uh, the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. Yes. Now I've never read that, but I am going to write that down. You're probably the third or fourth person to say that actually on my podcast. Really? Yeah. Yes. I've meant a lot to me. And um, whenever I need inspiration, I can always, you know, get, I can always draw from, from that book. I love it. Well, thank you. I'm so excited. I'm going to order it right away. What about 
Are you an ice cream person? And what's your favorite? Mm. So I used to be an ice cream person. Um, I, I like to say I used to eat a whole foods uh, diet plus tacos and ice cream because the girls got to live a little. But I realized I was actually addicted to ice cream and I was using it to numb all of my pain and heartache. It was a chocolate ice cream. It was my drug of choice. Arctic squirrel from Dairy Barn. Wow. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, so very specific. Uh, and it was there for me anytime I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have broken up with, with that habit. <laughs> I love this. I can relate to you so much with ice cream and I chose yeah. ice cream to ask because that was one of my weaknesses in life. And I was the same. I would just, yeah. I would eat it every single day. And I oh, asked yeah. you specifically about ice cream because you are, you have been through such a healthy transformation and, you know, like you said, and like I said, in the beginning, you're a normal, regular person that has made it through and broken up with ice cream. And if you can do it and I can do it, so can others. Now it's okay to have things like that for a treat. We can dive into that topic. I would love to, but the breakup thing, I like how you worded that because I actually had to break up with ice cream myself. So yeah. Wow. It's kind of like an abusive boyfriend. Yes. Which I've also had. Yes. (laughs) I mean, abusive boyfriend. That's what ice cream would do. It was beating me up in my, on my insides. I wasn't feeling good every time I ate it yet. I would torture myself by keep on eating it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And tell yourself you're treating. I'm treating myself, but you're actually not. (laughs) Right. Well, thank you. Those were fun questions. Thanks for answering them. I want to dive right in because girl, you have a story and I want you to take us through a little bit of your background. Tell us how you got to where you are today, um, where you started and give us a little recap of that. So then we can dive into the juicy stuff. Yeah, there's so much, but essentially, um, you know, I started out life with a big heart to help people. I've always been compassionate. I've always been a little fiery, a little feisty. And, um, I I believe that my story really started, um, with a conversation that I had with my brother when I was 13. And I told him, I was telling him about an injustice that was happening in the world and why it wasn't right. And I was mad and I was going to do something about it. And, you know, and my sassy little 13 year old little sister voice. And, uh, you know, he's, he told me, what are you going to do? Shelly open the save the world foundation. And I told him, you never know. I just might. And, uh, (laughs) so that led me to, uh, really my whole life. I can always just remember, uh, you know, pain, other people's pain really affected me, uh, when I saw other people hurting. And so I became a nurse. Um, that seemed like a logical thing to do. Um, I was told I couldn't be an artist, which is what I really wanted to do and how I wanted to save the world. But, um, I was told no. And, uh, so that led me on a path to becoming a nurse. Cause I thought, well, if I have to have a real job, quote unquote, and I'm going to save the world and help people and make money doing it, nursing seemed pretty logical. Um, and so I became a nurse and what I wasn't prepared for was that nursing was going to show me the hardest parts of humanity. By the time I was 23, I had held people's hands while they were giving birth and I had held people's hands while they were dying. 
And that's a lot for a 23 year old person uh, with a big compassionate heart, with an artist heart to take in. Um, so thankful for that journey though, because it led me and brought me to the person that I am today. Um, and, you know, little did I know that was, that was the beginning of like the pain and drama and trauma. That's what I call it. Um, I just think we all have it. I don't think it's unique to me. I think everybody has drama and trauma. Um, so really, I guess it kind of kicked off my journey with losing my boyfriend, um, in a tragic car accident. Um, kind of weird, twisted story, but, uh, that was an abusive relationship and, um, weird dynamics, you know, to kind of be in an abusive relationship, have him die in a tragic car accident, but, uh, lots of mixed feelings. Right. And I was a teenager at that time, didn't really have the coping skills or the knowledge to really even know what was happening. And I, I feel like that kind of kicked off my, my journey to realizing that life is just a series of letting go and holding on. Um, it's knowing when to hold on and when to let go. And, uh, what I realized was that life can be snatched away from you suddenly at any point in time. And that set me on a path to really live my life backwards, which I call, call it, uh, you know, backwards is beautiful. Um, and what I realized is that we're all writing a story, you know, we're all writing the story of our life, which is called an obituary. And that kind of woke me up to that realization, um, and then becoming a nurse and realizing again, this dance between holding on and letting go and the trauma that happens, um, to us when we really, I believe that suffering happens when we hold on to things that we're supposed to let go of. That's wow. what creates suffering. That's, that's incredible. And I just want to stop you there for a moment because I love what you said about letting go and holding on. That is, I wrote that down because that is just so profound. Like I can't, you don't think about it like that. Like we have to learn how to let go and hold mm -hmm. on at the same time. Yet mm -hmm. it is the hardest thing to do. It is the yeah. hard, especially with death and grieving. Yeah. I mean, just that, but I know you're very faithful and I want to just know how was faith a big part of that holding on and letting go at the same time? Or were you faithful during those young years? When did faith come into your life and how did that play a role in all of that? Oh yeah. Um, I was not a believer at the time. I, I do feel like I've always really had a connection to God or, you know, believed in a higher power. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say I didn't grow up in church. I didn't have a, really a foundation, um, for that. And, um, until I went to nursing school and, um, it was actually during nursing school when I was doing, uh, my anatomy work and my anatomy classes with cadavers and things like that, that I really began to see the intelligent design. And I really, it's like, God speaks to me through the interconnectedness of the body. Um, I'm fascinated with it. And I think it's just a miraculous design. And through that was really when I started to wake up where I was like, wait a minute, this is way too intricate. And there's too many 
it's just the body is so complex. And um, so that's when I started waking up. But when I really gave my life to the Lord was um, through another traumatic event. So I've had like multiple traumatic events. Um, I actually lost a mom and a baby as a labor and delivery nurse. And it was through that process um, that in, in seeking and just asking if there is a God, if you are real, if whatever I'm supposed to be doing here, <laughs> you know what, you need to speak to me and you need to tell me, like, you need to show yourself to me. And uh, that was really my prayer. Uh, I went to different churches and different, I, I was seeking an answer, um, but not finding an answer. And uh, the Lord really spoke to my spirit and told me, um, go here it, through a series of events. He showed me um, where I was supposed to go, what church I was supposed to go to. And he, he said, go here and you will find your answers. This was before I was saved. I didn't know, you know, anything like that. Um, so I went and um, fell in love with Jesus and uh, have been seeking the Lord ever since. And that's been about 21 years ago. Wow. And you know what I realized? You had faith like a child, like the Bible says. So yep. those of you that are maybe saying, you know, I'm not sure about this. I don't know yet either, because this is a faith-based podcast. And I speak very openly about my Christianity, my love for Jesus. And I know some of you out there listening right now might not, might be a little bit unsure and the yeah. Bible does talk a lot about if you are unsure, it's like a child. They're learning. They're, they don't know what they're doing yet. And God teaches us to have faith like a child in trust. And I, I hear that from you. You were trusting your gut, which was actually God speaking to you. So if you're open enough to want to know who God is and how he can work in your life, then you have to be open to that trust. And I love that you just touched upon that because I do work with so many women and sometimes they come out and they say, wait a minute, is your fitness online program? Do I have to like do anything religious? <laughs> and I know that they get a little intimidated by it, but yeah. you know, faith has changed my world completely and it made me who I am today. And it's all about the trust. So yeah, I love that you said that. And it's definitely transformed your mindset completely. I mean, getting through the things that you have been through these yeah. tragic events, losing a mother and a baby as a nurse, I'm sure that kept you up at night. I mean, yeah, I, it definitely was my first encounter with, with PTSD. Um, and I, I was not prepared. <laughs> they do not prepare you for that in nursing school. Mm -hmm. It sounds weird. You would think that they would, but, um, you know, I kind of believe the lie that if you did everything right and you did your job and you did what you were supposed to do, everything worked out. And that was very naive belief, <laughs> but I was also, you know, 23 years old. Yeah. So, um, it was through that process, you know, that really led me seeking and, um, that was a very traumatic event, um, because I, I, the, the physician actually blamed me was, was attempting to blame me and I was having nightmares and, you know, all the classic PTSD symptoms, but I was, I had a six month old at the time that I, um, was a new mom <laughs> and raising, raising a baby, working night shift. And, um, 
it was just, it was hard. Um, and then to have to go back to work to that same place, mm-hmm. um, I just wasn't prepared for that. And right. so that was really, I think the, the first encounter with, with, uh, really hard things, but you know, that's why I say your suffering will reveal your true calling. I, I wholeheartedly believe that the things that you have overcome, mm-hmm. you have a unique position to walk others through, um, because you are an overcomer and it is the Christ in us that allows us to, uh, to help others in their brokenness and in their broken story. And it's given me a compassion that I wouldn't otherwise have. Um, it made me a better nurse because it was very, uh, you know, on top of things and charted better and did all the nurse things way better than I did before. Um, but then, you know, fast forward, I, so I gave my life to the Lord that was around nine 11 happened as well. Um, so just a lot of things. And then, um, actually ended up losing my dad. Um, my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer and committed suicide. Um, he probably only had about three months to live, but as I was preparing my heart to lose my dad, you know, he ended up committing suicide and, and that was not how I thought it was going to go either, you know, and I found him, he was still alive. Um, he lived for nine hours and, um, got an opportunity to pray with him, you know, and so, that was another round of, you know, PTSD that I was not prepared, you know, I mean, are we ever prepared, but Uh yeah, I want to ask you to walk us through how you healed. Like, do you have certain things that you've done to help the healing of these traumas? It's it's unbelievable because lately the, the women that I've been encountering and meeting online and it trauma, mm-hmm. the word trauma has been just coming up in so yeah, many yeah. ways. And yeah. my daughter and I just had a traumatic accident happen to us in December. She mm-hmm. was in an, a traumatic car accident and it still shakes me and my faith is strong. It got me through, it's getting her through, but for you, you've been through so much. I mean, so much, you are an overcomer and you are faithful, but when you're going through trauma, how do you start your own healing? How can we help others right now that are going through something so hard, really start the healing process? What are the steps that you've taken? What do you do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, number one is seek seek the Lord. Um, and when I say seek, I don't mean like the Lord is with you. Okay. You don't have to look very far. You just have to look, I mean, he's with you, um, before you're a believer or not, he is with you. He's the Lord spoke to my spirit before I even know, knew, you know, what was happening. (laughs) So, um, pray, ask, seek, knock, you will find, um, you will find help. Um, but I also will say that is not enough because we are not designed to heal in isolation. We are designed to heal in community. So we are broken in community and we are restored in community. And that is why I believe most people stay stuck in their trauma and their drama is because they isolate due to shame and, um, 
wanting to protect their heart from ever being hurt again. And so we isolate as a protection, but what we do is we build a, we build a wall around our heart where nothing can ever penetrate it when we do that. And so, um, seeking the Lord, um, be around other believers. You need community. You need people that, um, believe in you and, um, call out your greatness, call out the Christ in you, uh, because the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And that is really, uh, it's like crazy to think about, right. But if we can use, if we could tap into that power, I feel like that is the source. Um, once we've done, you know, got around community, we're seeking the Lord, um, I think the number one thing that has helped me and what I can tell people is treat yourself holistically. So when trauma happens, it actually causes damage to our brain, like legit damage that can be seen on a scan, certain types of brain scans, um, like a scar. Okay. So I think sometimes if, if somebody, if I had my arm amputated, people would have compassion for me and they would be like, oh, wow, you had your arm amputated. I'm so sorry. What can I do for you? How can I help you? But when you go through like situations, like your dad committing suicide, people don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't, there's, you know, so sometimes they'll say nothing and it can feel very isolating. Um, so we have to realize to treat yourself holistically that you have been wounded. It is a wound. Emotional and mental wounds are real wounds. They are biologic. They're not just in your head and you cannot outfaith it, which most people try to do as believers. And sometimes the church meaning well, not understanding trauma, not understanding all how the body works all together with spirituality. Sometimes, um, it can feel a lot like, well, just get over it. Like think new thoughts and you're a new creature in Christ and everything happens for your good. And so you're just like supposed to get over it. Right. But it doesn't work like that. Trauma doesn't work like that. It sets your nervous system into overdrive and you have to tame your nervous system. One of the best ways to tame your nervous system is to treat yourself like a houseplant with complicated emotions by giving yourself great nutrition. Because just like on your, just like a scar on your arm that needs to heal, your brain has wounds. And what does your body need to heal wounds? It needs nutrition. When you are under stress and trauma and drama, you use minerals and vitamins and protein and carbohydrates at a higher rate than your average person because you're under stress. And so what happens is we can become depleted um, nutritionally, nutri depleted, just, it sounds so simple. We tend to not care for ourselves in those situations, like drinking water, getting enough sleep, getting that optimal nutrition. And 
once you do that, then the, then it's treat yourself like a, a house plant, right? The sunlight, the, the food, the, the sleep, all the things that a plant, right, needs. But the emotional side of knowing you have to feel it to heal it. You cannot go around it. You cannot bury it. Um, I see a lot of believers denying their pain because they almost feel like if they admit that they have pain, that they're not in faith. Mm, Wow. This is unbelievable. You said so many things. I actually am going to rewind this and listen (laughs) again. I love the analogy of the plants. I never thought of that, that when you're going and you're right about the stress in the overeating and maybe the alcohol, when people are going through trauma and traumatic times, they're drinking, they're trying to bury what happens and they're not addressing, they're not, they don't want to address and recognize that they're in this much pain. And I think you said it perfectly. The approach is to treat yourself like a plant that needs sunlight community, like all nutrition. It's almost like we have to go against the grain and force ourselves. I love that you said all that. That makes so much sense, Shelly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's my experience. Um, you know, I've done a lot of different things, uh, but that really, you know, addressing that was so vital in my recovery. Um, and then, you know, the, the other thing, about the emotions is you've got to own the whole story. You cannot gloss over the parts that you don't like it. It took me about 16 years to say out loud, my dad committed suicide. I would say my dad died of cancer. That's not true. My dad did not die of cancer. He died of suicide by gun and I witnessed it that's not the same story, right. As my dad died of cancer. And, um, it sounds weird. Uh, it took me years to say I was in an abusive relationship and an abusive marriage, um, which has been restored by the way, as also, but, um, the other thing that I walked through was it, my dad's suicide kind of broke our family. Um, I, I didn't just lose my dad that day. I lost my family as I knew it because it changed the dynamics of everybody and everybody deals with trauma differently. And we didn't have the skills to, we didn't, you know, I mean, there's no manual, (laughs) but you should write a manual. (laughs) Um, but my brother, um, he, he ended up getting into addiction and ended up dying from drug addiction. Um, and this was after your dad, yeah, this is after my dad. So, you know, like a 15 year journey of addiction and in and out of rehabs and, and things like that. And if I would have known what I know now, I really do believe I could have helped my brother. I really do. Um, because even addiction is not addiction. Addiction is trauma unaddressed. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and obesity and overeating is a form of an addiction, just Mm -hmm. like other addictions. We just don't recognize that sometimes as that in our culture, it's a, it's a socially accepted addiction. Your pastor can have a food addiction and it 
it's totally fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, um, because I've had such a front row seat of all of these experiences, I, I know that I know the truth. And I also have compassion for the truth because I actually have a lot of compassion for people that are caught in addictions. Um, and just looking back on, if I would have known the things that I know now, and it's driven me deeper into the science of how we heal and how we overcome. Um, it's, you know, I wish I could turn back time, but also you can't. So you have to embrace your entire story, your whole story of pain, and you have to tell it to someone. Mm -hmm. And that is the work that I love um, to do is I love to help people to do that. I think you're so right because so many people, again, just hold on to their pain. I remember after my mom passed, it was one of the lowest moments in my life. She was my best friend. I'm an only child. I, I mean, we were like a frick and frack to the nines. Like mm -hmm. I did everything with her from birth and yeah. she was all my best girlfriends wrapped in one person. So when I lost her, I, I lost everything. I felt like I lost everything. I did have a husband. I do have a husband and two children, but she mm -hmm. had so much of my heart that, and I did, you know, I talk about this in my book a little bit too, that I was isolating myself mm -hmm. and I held on to the pain and sometimes I wanted to stay there and it was yeah. so unhealthy, but I, it was almost comforting at the same time, which I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. I have, I had the same crying place. I went to every single night, no one knew about it. And I just, it took me months to come out of it. And mm -hmm. I'm listening to what you said is, I wish I knew what I knew now, you know, having community and talking about it more, I, I held it all in. And mm -hmm. I just want people listening right now to hear your words. If they're going through something traumatic, we mm -hmm. all hit these moments in life. I mean, nobody escapes them ever. And right. it's just the things that you said is feeding your body, the right things will help heal in being in a community, reaching out, talking about your issue is healing. And again, we just try to avoid that, that stuff And being addicted to the climb means getting back up on your feet and just keep on, keep pressing on and trying to just overcome with help though, with right. help. And yeah. wow. I mean, the, the series of events that you have been through and to see you now is truly miraculous. It really is. I mean, God has really helped you. I can see it. I can see it in your face. I mean, you guys can't see her right now, but she's telling her story. And I can tell she really has overcome with God by her side. And it's such a beautiful thing. It really is. It's, it's, it's so beautiful to know that you don't have to walk alone. He's always there with you. You're never alone. Even at night when you're crying out, cry out to him. He'll be there to give you his supernatural strength because our human strength is not strong enough. We know that. I mean, no. we'll fail every time, but yeah. I just appreciate yeah. you sharing all of that. And I know someone's life right now is touched. I know it, but I want to, I want to turn up 
you know, because I could probably talk to you for another 45 minutes at least, <laughs> but I want to, you, so being a nurse in working with medicine in mm -hmm. one of your titles is you're a certified holistic health coach. So yeah. I want, they're very different. And I just want to touch upon, are you still nursing right now? Or are you just doing your holistic health coaching and how, yeah. and how did you transition from one thing so drastic to the other? Yeah. Um, well, series of events, actually, I, I ended up getting physically ill myself through all of the, when you do not address your pain and heartache, it will turn into uh, your body will tell on you when your head and heart disagree, your body will tell on you. And that's what happened. Um, and so I got chronically ill and, um, was not able to work for about a year and, uh, as a nurse and through that process was when God really, um, he showed me this concept of, uh, treating yourself like a house plant with complicated emotions. And so as I began to do that, it became working, uh, working with my own coach and, and stuff, I, um, you know, really saw the power and the difference of, uh, the medical traditional medical system in which I got no answers, no help. Uh, I mean, they did a lot of tests. I took a lot of medications, but I, I really never felt better. Uh, actually I felt like I was getting worse as time went on, just more pills, more, more scans, more, you know, all the things I had like unexplainable neurological symptoms. I, uh, I was diagnosed with POTS syndrome, which is like where you like your blood pressure and your pulse are not regulated. So you just randomly pass out. Um, I had chronic daily migraines and, you know, all these weird mystery, mysterious symptoms. They thought for a while, maybe I had MS. Um, but uh, long story short is I, uh, started to treat myself like a houseplant with complicated emotions. And within about two weeks, I started to feel better. Wow. And that led wow. me. Yeah. And I understood the power of healing outside of traditional medical care as what I had always known, you know, and not that there's not a place for that. There absolutely is. And I don't claim to cure diagnose or anything like that. Um, you know, if you've got major problems, work with your doctor, but, um, for me, I, I found the power and, uh, actually was in worship in the Lord. Uh, he told me to help the body of Christ to become whole. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Right. And so, um, in, in a series of events, um, I began to seek and pursue that, um, what, what was he talking about? Did I need to become a pastor? Did I need to become a physician? Like, I don't even know a naturopath. Um, so after about two years of searching, I ended up going back to school, um, to become a whole health educator and holistic health coach. Um, and that's kind of my, you know, was my awakening. And so they, they look at the whole body, um, from a holistic perspective, but 
evidence-based and scientifically based. So, you know, we learn things down to the cellular level, you know, the stress response, the neuro uh, biology, um, something that I really loved was um, psychoneuroimmunology, which is the combination between your psyche, your immune system, and your nervous system. I found that to be so fascinating. It's mm-hmm. something that we never talk about mm-hmm. um, and how that works. And the body is just so magnificent. So God began to show me what wholeness looked like, true wholeness through that program. And, um, actually another kind of miraculous thing happened was that I, I didn't have a way to pay for the schooling. Um, I found the school and I felt like that's what I was supposed to do, but I was like, I don't have that kind of money. (laughs) So if you want me to do this, you need to provide. And he did. I had my schooling 100% paid for, um, just out of the blue. And that was, yeah. I mean, I was like, what? (laughs) unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my transition. I couldn't go back, you know, once I know, once I knew, and once he had shown me what I was supposed to be doing, you know, to, to go back to traditional nursing to Mm -hmm. me would be going against God's will for Mm -hmm. my life. You know, it's, um, and so that's what I've been doing ever since. And that's what I'm in the pursuit of. And, Um, I actually am not a nurse anymore. I gave up my nursing degree or my nursing license. I'm sorry. I'll always have my degree, have a bachelor's in nursing, but I gave up my, uh, my license because I really do not identify as a traditional nurse anymore. Mm. Wow. It is really inspiring to see God has really worked in your life and has really turned your pain into your calling and purpose. I mean, if you didn't go through what you have gone through, you might not be the woman you are today, the coach you are today. And this all was revealed through that pain. And it's just, it's, it's a beautiful story again. And you're such a light. You really are. I mean, I'm, you're transforming people's lives in just watching you and seeing your experiences, like you said in the beginning, is helping another person. And yeah, yeah. that's really, you're setting such an example that you, if when you walk through the fires, God will not let you burn. He will walk with you, for you, ahead of you, and hold you up in those times. It's like that, that footprints. Remember that footprints yeah, yeah. Um, poem or whatever? Um, I love it so much, yeah. but it's like, God's walking alongside of you all the time. And then when you're going through things, it's like you're all, you think you're all alone, but God's actually carrying you. There's only one set of footprints sometimes, but God's actually, that's his footprints. He's carrying you. Yeah. And it doesn't always feel that way either. So if it's, it's, it's a lot, uh, a story packed in a short amount of time Mm -hmm. and you might think, Oh, well, it sounds so easy. Well, it wasn't. No, (laughs) so um, it's not easy. A lot of tears, you know, but um, you know, the scripture does say that he will give us beauty for ashes. Yes. And um, I think what happens is when we suffer, it's because we're holding on to the picture we thought it should be, our Mm -hmm. life should be. And that is actually what creates the suffering. Mm -hmm. And whereas if we can embrace the whole story as our story, yes, 
and we can have gratitude for the 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 hard times and and the good times mm-hmm. um that is where our healing can take t- can begin to take place uh as, as long as we resist our story and we're not happy about it and we're kicking and screaming and saying this is not how it's supposed to be and you know well that just prolongs our suffering yes exactly and we do it to ourselves often mm-hmm. in wow well, I know my listeners are definitely going to want to reach out to you in some way. And if they have questions, where should they go? Yeah, the best place to find me is on Facebook, okay. Shelly Hink, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-H-E-N-K. Um, and that is where I spend most of my time sharing. And, and um, I do have a private Facebook community called Finding Beautiful Community, where um you know, we do all this healing work and transformation work. So perfect. Perfect. So make sure you guys head over to Facebook and start following her, message her, and just tell her that you listen to her story. It would be just so amazing if something in this show today, in this episode resonated with you, tag us both. So we know that you're keeping on, keeping on going through what you're going through. We want to hear from you. That's what my show is all about, creating community. So I know that you're staying addicted to the climb too. So Shelly, thank you so much. And before we end, I always ask my guests one last question, and that is, what are you climbing towards next, whether it's in your personal life or your business? Mm. I mean, short term, <laughs> I have so many sure. things I'm climbing. <laughs> next thing, what's your next, next thing? Next thing, next thing. Um, the next thing that I um, am going to be doing is creating a podcast. Um, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I really, I really want to um, feature people who, um, you know, have, have created beauty out of the ashes of their life and are walking in their calling and, and destiny. Um, so. I can't wait. It's so exciting. If you need any help, let me know. (laughs) I will. I will. I love it. Thank you. That is amazing. We'll stay, we'll be stay, stay tuned for that coming out and just do it. Take the messy action. Just do it. It's the most beautiful thing when you can share your story and you have plenty to talk about. So super exciting. I can't wait to listen. Well, I want to thank you again so much for taking the time today to spend with me and have this conversation, which again was just so inspiring. And I just appreciate you, honestly. I appreciate you and the work that you're doing in the world as well. And and, uh, I love it because that is what we're doing, right? We're climbing, we're climbing and um keeping, keeping your eyes on what you're, what you're creating and what you're climbing towards. Um, I, I really do believe that that is what keeps me going. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. Having a vision is the most Having important thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again. And everybody, I'm just so happy you're here. I, I really am so grateful for each of you listening right now. So I, if this again resonated with you, share the episode with a friend write a review, tag me and Shelly. And until next week, guys, just keep on climbing. Thanks so much. And that's a wrap. 
Thank you so much for being here every week because my goal is to always empower and inspire you so you can keep on climbing even when life gets tough. If you felt blessed today, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And one of the ways you can help me is if you would leave me a five-star rating and a review. This is really how I can help more people just like you. You can do this right on your podcast app on your phone. It's super easy. It will only take one minute. Also, if you want to be part of my private community on Facebook, head over there to Faith Fuel and Fitness and I'll meet you inside. Or you can even head over to my website, kellytian.com to get more inspiration and resources to keep you on your own climb. Thank you again and have a healthy and happy week.